HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Root 11 Potato Chips. Made with a secret recipe and superior ingredients, their mission is to make an outstanding product in a safe and clean environment. To learn more, visit rt11.com. HRN is offering complimentary business memberships to 50 Black, Indigenous, people of color-owned food businesses this summer. The deadline to apply is July 31st. Each business membership, a $500 value, is an advertising opportunity that will allow businesses disproportionately impacted by COVID-19 to connect with HRN's listening community and promote their work. To apply and review the terms and conditions, go to heritageradionetwork.org B-I-Z. Welcome to Stephanie Skinner, one of the founders of Culture Cheese Magazine and Victory Cheese, and to Molly Brown, Education Manager for Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. Hello, guys. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having us. Hello. Molly, how good. are you? I'm well. How are you? Yes, thank you. <laughs> okay, so we will be discussing Victory Cheese, a group that has come together recently to try to protect American cheesemakers from the pandemic. It includes cheesemakers, mongers, cheese stores, distributors, restaurants, chefs, and cheese guilds. So, hello, Molly and Stephanie. Uh, glad you could join me today. And the first question is How did Victory Cheese start? Do you, do you want to answer Stephanie first? Sure. Uh, we, some months ago, right when COVID started devastating the, the cheese world, uh, we, you probably, we all saw there were posts about what was happening to cheesemakers not being able to move their cheese, et cetera. And uh, actually, there was an interesting uh, post from Carlos Yescas, who is at Old Ways, who's actually one of the, the founding members as well. Uh, about the devastation in the soft cheese world over in Europe, and uh, so between that and many other uh, many other articles, um, one Sunday night I got a phone call from Greg O'Neill, who was uh, following this very closely, and we talked about what we might be able to do together. And what we decided was there was a uh, obviously there were a lot of interested parties, so we essentially went on the, um, 
the hunt for people like Molly, who is a founding member as well, um, who can, uh, who could volunteer to think about what we might all do together. And that, that's essentially what the, the initial stages were. We were lucky enough to get um, some very interesting people involved in the beginning, um, including ACS and the, the new executive director, Karen Lundquist at, uh, at ACS and Janet Fletcher. And uh, I reached out and got some funding, uh, which we've been using for various, for various small things from uh, Vermont Creamery and Bel Gioioso, and most recently from uh, WB Cheese, as well as some individual uh, donations. So we're not, we're essentially a, a volunteer organization. Everything that we, that, we, um, that we spend money on is marketing the, uh, the, the Victory Cheese boxes and Victory Cheese, mm -hmm. et cetera. Mm -hmm. Molly, what was your experience? Um, so like Stephanie described, um, I got a call from Greg O'Neill as well, um, and he asked me if I would be interested in um, teaming up with other people in the industry to um, share information about, you know, the impact um, that the pandemic was having on the cheese world. Um, of course, it was really the loss of um, restaurants, you know, when food service shuttered across the country was really driving, um, you know, a huge loss of sales industry-wide. So um, he was bringing people together, um, you know, from different regions, um, from different ends of the business um, to talk about what those impacts were, um, you know, what that really translated to um, for cheesemakers. And then, of course, um, because there's so much altruism in the cheese industry, you know, how people, how could we kind of mobilize to help um, people who were suffering a loss of business or loss of sales um, as a result. So now I heard that there were 35, uh, or no, 35 founding members? Yeah, yeah, there were essentially, this is Stephanie again. Um, yes. I, was, I counted them up, there was, these, are, these included individuals uh, who, um, some of whom were just purely, you know, volunteered doing particular projects like FM Munoz, who, who built our website, and uh, mm -hmm. Will Will Furtman at Monger, who uh, provided some initial, you know, secured the uh, the URL and did all those kinds of things. And then there were people um, who were cheesemakers like uh, Matteo Kaler, who of course, you know, is the force of nature in his own right, um, who drove lots <laughs> of the conversation. And then <clears throat> Michael Michael Koch um, from Firefly Farms. And uh, and then lots of people like um, the the uh, let's see I'm trying to think of Marty Marty from um, the Vermont Cheese Guild and mm -hmm. uh, Beth Falk um, retailers and then we then we roped in people like um, Brian Scott and um, Sean Hockert and mm -hmm. it, the list goes on and on so at, they people have sort of come in and, and gone out at various times and I can say the the first month and a half or so were month, very long zoom calls with all these right monday afternoons and where we just kicked around what is what's the scope of the problem as molly just mentioned it, it did kick off with mm -hmm. um with loss of of retail i mean a loss mm -hmm. of um, food service but it moved to mm -hmm. yeah so what were the immediate goals at first in those long zoom meetings as you tried to figure it out that is such a good question. I'm not sure that um, we really had clear goals at that point other than 
you know, I mean, the world was so crazy in that moment, like, right. you know, watching the entire pandemic unfold and everybody trying to like Freak keep out. pace with all the many changes and right. emotional impacts, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, sort of all the anxiety and, and everything that went in with that. Um, you know, I know I can only really speak for me personally, but, um, you know, for me, like the victory cheese calls became this like really important, like cornerstone of my life at that moment where I was like, okay, this is, I feel like everything is messed up right now. Mm -hmm. And this is like something that I can do, you know, every week where I can check in with people in my industry and, And um, you know, understand how things are unfolding and start to figure out a way to help. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, the process that Stephanie described was um, so cool to me because it was very organic. You know, I think, you know, it was maybe 15 or 20 people um, on the very first call. And then from there, it was like, you know, oh, we should include this person. Oh, we should, you know, what about this person? I bet they would have a really interesting perspective or, Mm -hmm. you know, something to lend the conversation. And so from there, the group kind of grew, you know, and like Stephanie mentioned, people, you know, came in and came out depending on their availability. But it was this really like cool, organic grassroots, um, you know, effort Mm -hmm. um, that sort of unfolded, um, which was really cool to see that come from our industry. Yeah, I agree. I agree that it's and it's been percolating just, you know, uh, right outside my consciousness, like the victory boxes just all of a sudden took over. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I would say that um, just to echo a little bit what um, Molly said, and then also talk a little bit how we got to the next step, is that one of the things that, that I adore about this industry is how uh, how basically everybody works together. And mm-hmm. the, even, you know, competitors. And always uh, have. And always yes. have. Yeah. yeah. And so I had sort of the ulterior, I always, you know, have this little ulterior idea that we can show other industries how to, how to be behave. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and one of the, the things that came out of the, those initial meetings was a bit of a sort of a, like a creative burst too. I thought we had wonderful um, design from Rhizome Marketing and, and Janet Fletcher, we had, it was a big debate about it, but we had a, Janet Fletcher came up with a tagline, which we all again coalesced around, which is choose it or lose it. Yes, is, I love yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. So, so we that means choose American cheese or lose it. Or just, yeah, choose, choose, choose to get, you know, go to the store or buy it online or buy, you know, however, so that you can right. actually support these people. And it's, it moves down. And we also talked a lot about the fact that, you know, pe- there is, I think, a perception sometimes um, that that artisan cheesemakers are um, all very wealthy and that you know, ah. they live in some kind of ivory tower world. Um, and <laughs> Which is that, far from the truth. So far from the truth. And, and you know, the, the reality is that there, many of them are farmers and many of them, you know, spend their first hours in the, every morning looking at the back end of an animal. I mean, there's nothing yes. really, really, you know, <laughs> So I feel that, yes, so we wanted to, so it really does span. And if you really want to support rural America, this is one of the ways you can do it because there may be Mm -hmm. cheesemakers in cities, but they're getting their milk from someplace else. I mean, there are no cows in Brooklyn as far as I know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's probably one. There probably is. You're probably right. (laughs) And there is crown finish. Yes. And crown finish is fabulous. Exactly. (laughs) So we we do have some cheese coming out of the place. <laughs> Absolutely, but again, the, the the point about the point about cheese is that 
it starts with the you know with animals and people who take care of the animals and their and the people who you know grow the grain and etc and mm -hmm. so it really does reach all the way back it's a very mm -hmm. upstream kind of thing just to look at cheese because it, it mm -hmm. hurts everything all the way down and so that again i feel is it's we're all part of this, that industry Mm -hmm. Now I understand um, Jeremy Stevenson was instrumental. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. How how was he involved? Yeah. Do you want to do you want to take that, Molly, or do you want me to continue blathering until everybody falls asleep? <laughs> um, my uh, so Jeremy was part of the you know sort of initial group of folks that were tuning into these calls on a weekly basis. So mm -hmm. talking about what the impacts to um, you know his business Springbrook Farm mm -hmm. um, was, and um, you know just really being um, another you know voice of a cheesemaker who was really boots on the ground mm -hmm. and um, experiencing. Um, all of these things kind of firsthand. So he was really pivotal um, in those initial conversations. He also um, was a great uh, kind of connector. Um, like he brought, he made sure that like ACS was brought into the fold and he made sure that, you know, sort of different people were tagged along the way um, where he felt that they could best contribute. Mm -hmm. And so um, he also, you know, I, I really respected that he seemed- Yes, I can almost see him like he's tall and he bends down a little and he talks to you so i can almost see him doing it you know helping people exactly. connect <laughs> exactly and he knew like when to step out he was like you know i think i've contributed what i can here and i'm going to make room for other voices and uh -huh. i thought that that was um, really beautifully executed on his part cool as well cool. he had he seemed to really be able to read the room and andy hatch now he was hoping to sell a hundred and quickly sold 250 cheese boxes yeah something like that so when we first came online with the boxes so this is funny so when like this whole thing first started the pandemic first started you know and i was like racking my brain and like my you know wrenching in my gut like how am i gonna help you know my friends sell cheese and i was like i'm gonna start a neighborhood cheese CSA. I'm going to like sell wheels of Pleasant Ridge off my front porch to my neighbors <laughs> and like not even try to make a profit. I just want to like help out my buddy Andy, you know, and um, quickly realized that that probably wasn't really in the cards for me. <laughs> I kind of tried to like take the idea like a few other places, you know, and say like, what do you think about this idea? You should start a CSA. And then if you did it, then other people would want to do it. And then the whole world would be doing it all of a sudden and we'd sell all of this cheese. Um, and I kind of, you know, shared that um, idea and like, you know, one of the first or second um, victory cheese calls and I think there were so many ideas churning at that point everybody was like yeah that's a nice idea but um, you know there's a lot of other things to discuss still mm -hmm. um, and then a few weeks later it kind of came back around where um, Jasper Hill and the Vermont contingent really like stepped up and said you know we're going to do this idea of a victory cheese box um, and you know this is what it's going to look like and I thought like oh man that sounds like kind of what I wanted to do and um, so I kind of like inserted myself right into that um, and of course at that point I called Andy and said, you know, hey, um, we're working on this initiative. Of course, he had already heard about it from Mateo. So he was fully on board um, to come online. And he was like, yeah, you know, I, this is so far outside, like my normal business practice, you know, to carry cheeses, bring cheeses into my facility that were made by other, other people. Right. I really want to do it. And 
it's going to be a lot of extra work, but I want to try it. And so, um, you know, I sent him like a, a hundred stickers. <laughs> like our, we got a huge sticker donation from Sticker Giant. Thank you, Sticker Giant. Um, and so we were like shipping out, you know, kits of a hundred, th- you know, a hundred pieces um, of stickers and info cards for people to use in their boxes. So I sent him off like, you know, one shipment and um, up to Dodgeville and he got it. And he called me like a few days later and he was like, um... I'm going to need more stickers. And I was like, really? I was like, what's going on up there? And, you know, he had this incredible story, um, you know, where he thought he would, you know, sell a few here and there and ended up, you know, going gangbusters on it. Oh, good. Um, Sold a couple hundred. Yeah. Yeah. I I crunched the numbers and it was something like, you know, I think he sold his boxes for 75 bucks a box. And, you know, at the end of the day, it was something like 20 grand back to um, Wisconsin Cheesemakers. So I was like, feel really good about that really and Um, didn't you invent the name of the box oh gosh you know it's hard to remember but yeah I think um (laughs) when I was when I was in my brain about my neighborhood cheese CSA I thought that's you know oh victory Victory cheese because it really resonated with me just the whole idea of like you know it's your patriotic duty to eat cheese right now (laughs) (laughs) help these poor farmers and animals out you know I think so many people don't realize that like you can't just turn an animal off you know like a farmer can just stop milking and you know especially here in Wisconsin you know we've really seen like the impacts of that system backing up you know it was shortly after Victory Cheese um you know really were you know right when we were kind of finding our footing we were hearing all those stories coming out of Wisconsin and the Northeast about farmers dumping milk for the first time in a generation and just really scary stuff you know that you never thought you'd you'd see or hear about um so so yeah. Yeah. Well, wow, that's great. When you have when when you're naming something, you know, you go through all these like tortuous like what should the, the company be called and all the rest of it. And then when the right one shows up, it's like it, that's what it is, of course. So <laughs> and that is exactly what happened with Victory Cheese. There was no discussion. It was like, yes, that's it. It's done. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, that's it. Now, how was California involved? Have they become involved? We had Anthea Stoltz um, join. Um, she's now mm-hmm. on maternity leave, so she mm-hmm. she had to to beep out for a while. But she uh, she brought in uh, Cowgirl, and I, I can't remember who else um, in California has been has been involved. But so, um, but she's gotten her cheese her entire cheese guild kind of um, mobilized around this as well. Oh, good. Good. Yeah, and Janet Fletcher has been involved from the very beginning. And right. Of she's a wonderful voice for cheese nationwide, but definitely for California cheese as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the way that the box program, the way we ended up designing the box program is that there are regional coordinators um, around the country who um, work with the vendors before they bring their boxes online um, to make sure that they have their stickers and their info cards and they've got procurement support and they have shipping support and, you know, kind of can help, um, you know, network people together, um, you know, connect cheesemakers, all that good stuff. Um, and so we've had some really um, awesome support in that realm from Sam Chertoff of Case in Point Cheese. So mm-hmm. she's been a huge asset to the team um, mm-hmm. and she's done a lot. Mm-hmm. She We have, um, I think there are seven regional coordinators and she's certainly um, the busiest of all of them. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. It's glad to hear. I, I I know half these people. It's like right. so fun. It, it's like it must be fun meetings. <laughs> well, except that it's a, depress, <laughs> it's a depressing topic. 
Well, it is depressing, but the, I mean, always our intention was to create demand, and that that yeah, is really yeah. that's really what's underlying all of this. And so we had a we had a clear and positive message that we didn't want to just quote unquote save a cheesemaker. We wanted to to you know create demand. Save a lot so, of uh, yes, save a lot of exactly. cheesemakers. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 we wanted to we wanted to uh, focus on act, action. As right, opposed to right. you know, just talking just talk. about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which yeah. we because there's no plenty time about. for talking. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> this is not time for talking. Okay, so we have to take a break. Uh, we'll be right back with Stephanie Skinner and Molly Brown. I'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Route Eleven Potato Chips. From the moment Route 11 dropped their first batch of chips back in the early days of 1992, they understood their destiny as a high-quality producer. Instead of succumbing to the frenzy of mass production, they took advantage of their small size and made chipping a personal art form. The payoff was immediate, an incredible potato chip. With a secret recipe and superior ingredients, their mission is to make an outstanding product in a safe and clean environment. In this world of uncertainty that we live in, Root 11 potato chips believe comfort food can be just that. Know where your food comes from. To learn more, visit rt11.com. So I have a question uh, about the cheese boxes. Is sending individual boxes through the mail instead of through distributors, is it, is it the right kind of help? That is a great question, and that's definitely something that, you know, that we wrestled with. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, because you know we really wanted this to be an industry-wide effort where distributors and retailers and you know restaurants, if they were able to, would be able to you know sell um, a victory cheese box, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we we definitely considered that it might be awkward for um, you know cheesemaker to sell against their customer mm-hmm. you know, or their t- both of their customers the distributor and the retailer mm-hmm. um, and I think you know ultimately from the cheesemakers we talked with um, and, and Stephanie can probably um, you know attest to this as well that you know it just seemed like the imperative was really to um, you know not only you know sort of pull the lever on volume but um, spread awareness, you know, and that um, mobilizing the entire supply chain uh, was really the strongest tool we had um, for the awareness portion of it. So Mm -hmm. it seemed like everyone that we worked with was kind of gung-ho to um, just get involved and, um, you know, not worry so much about those. um, Those situations. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Okay. And and really, I'm sorry, I was just going to just add to that if I can. Um, Ultimately, in the beginning, um, we did we we knew that you know shipping cheese or shipping perishables through through the mail is not the most um, efficient way. Um, mm-hmm. It's 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 cost you know it's costly etc. Um, so we had always planned as part of our initiative with Victory Cheese in general um, to to in to activate some kind of retailer program because. Mm-hmm. What, in the, what we had heard over and over again from the in the early stages is that while everybody was rushing out and buying uh, commodity products and toilet paper, they were not buying, um, they were not going to the specialty cheese counter. And I'm really mm-hmm. not sure how much that's even changed as of right now. 
So people who had fresh cheeses or delicate cheeses in particular, um, their cheeses were basically sitting in warehouses waiting mm -hmm. to be moved and there was no, there was no order for them. And, mm -hmm. and we've actually heard that that's, that that actually has continued even cheeses that are um, not as delicate cheeses like raclette are now are now basically having to be donated or thrown away which is even worse. Mm -hmm. yeah so so we had always intended to to sort of move this beyond victory cheese boxes but victory mm -hmm. cheese box was sort of that that first you know let's all get first, let's all get yeah. on it yeah mm -hmm. right right that makes sense now did either of you think covid would last this long <laughs> yes yes you did Okay. Did you, Molly? Um, I think in my like in my heart, yes. In my mind, I kept thinking like, yeah, we'll do this for a couple weeks and <laughs> uh, we'll be back to good. And I, I even I kind of remember when we were like really starting to invest a lot of energy in the box effort and getting organized and building all the you know the programming and the website and the platforms. And I rem I remember thinking like. Are we showing up to this party too late? Like, are is oh, this even going to still be an issue by the time we really are ready to go full steam on this? And uh, you know, unfortunately, yeah. um, yes, no, we yeah. were not late to yeah. the party. <laughs> no, unfortunately, we're not. So, what are the plans for the future? Do you want to get better American cheese into supermarkets? Do you want? Well, we'd all love for restaurants to reopen, and they are starting to, but not you know, not fully. You know, what, it's what? just, it's, it's really, I mean, part of the problem too is that we have an economy in free fall. And, right. um, yeah. you know, there's, there's just so many facets to this that it's probably time for us to go get back to the, to the Zooms and do some gut wrench. But I can say that um, Molly and I have had um, some conversations with, um, with some distributors about, um, activating some 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 kind of victory cheese not going to be victory cheese boxes but something in store we're going to mm. we're hoping to develop some tests at some regional chains um where the you know sort of signage or some kind of something will be up for for buyers to see what's happening and that's, oh, that's where, a great idea that's a great yeah. idea and i and i think one of the this is this is why i feel so strongly about tying cheese to its to its farm roots um, mm -hmm. because there's I think that we have there's so many people just love the whole concept of baby cows and all the rest of it and recognizing that um, that's all in jeopardy I mean we've we, there mm -hmm. are people within our within our industry who we adore who've had to sell their herds because of mm -hmm. this because mm -hmm. as we've all learned when you dry off a herd it's not like you can turn them back on again it's you know a mm -hmm. year down mm -hmm. or more. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. there's a lot, and that's very expensive for a small, for any kind of a cheesemaker to, to maintain a herd that's not being mm -hmm. productive. So, mm -hmm. so we're going to try to, mm -hmm. do, I would like to try to develop more of the awareness of the financial impact up and down the chain um, mm -hmm. for the consumer, because I think that if people thought about what um, an industry that does just reach into the roots of, of Americana, that, mm -hmm. um, that really cheese, cheese hits it's all the right notes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, I have an opposite question. Do you think Victory Cheese will outlast COVID? Oh, yeah, that's a really interesting <laughs> question. I, my hope is that it we will be able to, at some point, hand this thing to someone like 
you know, a, sort of an association or something like an a ACS company, or whatever. right, right. Uh, not right. a company. I mean, this is a, oh. this is this is volunteer. Oh. So our right, our intention right. is not to make money on this. So our intention right. is to make. So we want this to be something that that and when we've had such great support from ACS. So I feel as mm -hmm. if this is mm -hmm. it would be a great place for this to go if this is something. But uh, I. It may. Victory cheese boxes. People are excited about victory cheese boxes. Yes, they are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Now, I did see Andrew Zimmerman and Rick Bayless uh, mm -hmm. yep. on, on mm -hmm. Zoom or whatever. Mm -hmm. And who else is in the future? Do you, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. Do you have any? Marcus, yeah. Marcus Samuelson. Uh, we're working on developing a box with him. Oh, great. And, uh, Stephanie Izard. Um, we are also working on developing a box with her. Now, um, where's she we, from? She's well. She's a very well-known chef. She's sort of a young, up-and-coming. Well, actually, uh -huh. she's quite. She's more than up-and-coming. She's in Chicago, and she's mm. she's uh, she's quite well-known at this point. And then we've also had. Um, I, we're working on figuring out how to do a box with um, Art Smith, who's Oprah's um, chef. And mm -hmm. I can't mm. remember who else. This is something that, that Greg has done a really good job in driving. He's he's mm -hmm. in contact. So, so Alex Seidel, he's he's been talking to out of Denver, so or Boulder, wherever, someplace in, in Colorado. So mm -hmm. um, he's in Denver. He's in Denver. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So there's so we have some celebrity folks coming on, and I, I think that we'll just keep adding those as they as they sort of materialize. Okay, that's good. Yeah, um, I definitely think those folks really help us, like, you know, gain momentum and keep momentum yeah, and um, you yeah. know, produ produce fresh fodder for the internet and all that kind of right. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so what is the hardest part of COVID for both of you? Mm. Well, I so I'm out in the middle of the woods, basically, so I don't know. So we're essentially naturally um, isolated. So we haven't oh, had, okay. haven't had a ton of, of the isolation misery, but I okay. really, I really miss being able to go. I'm just, I miss the ACE, you know, the, the conference. I miss oh, being able I to know. see everybody. I know. Really, mm. And, I, and I, I've had I mean, to remake my, the way I say hello to people. I'm not allowed to hug and kiss anymore. So right, right. it's tough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is tough. Um, and what about you, Molly? What's the hardest part for you? Oh, man, I miss restaurants so much. <laughs> <laughs> no idea how much my life depended on them. I mean, I did. Um, restaurants have always, you know, been my favorite place to be. And sort of the place I felt like the most at home, even sometimes more than my own home. Uh -huh. um, so I'm really just missing the, you know, the routine and the regularity of, of normal life. Right. Um, you know, right. I also, I really do miss traveling. Um, when I started with the Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin in November, I, I was already sort of doing a lot less travel than I had in my previous life. Mm -hmm. um, so I was sort of on a natural deceleration, but I have to say, I never thought we would get to, um, you know, almost the end of July of 2020 and I would have been on, you know, one, one distance trip. That's been crazy. Um, and you know, I've got a young kid at home and it's just hard to, um, you know, all of my personal stuff aside, it's, it's hard to speculate, um, on how this is affecting her. Yeah. She's right. not quite three yet. So right. it's hard for her to express herself, but she hasn't played with another kid since March. Oh, and, um, yeah, oh. it's a bummer. Oh, so she and she doesn't understand why. 
Mm-hmm. No, and, but she never asks about it either. And she's very, like, happy and she's thriving. So uh-huh. part of me is like, that's a mom stress you don't need to carry, you know? <laughs> right. like, just, just keep right. being sad about restaurants and airplanes, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, your kid's fine. <laughs> um, we re- reunited with my parents, like, combined our germ bubbles with them, um, you know, probably about a month ago. And mm-hmm. so she gets to go over to their house now. And oh, good. With them, good. And she, that is the highlight of her life. And, um, you know, so. And probably your parents as well. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's great. Now, what do you think is the it is the biggest problem or the hardest part for the cheese world, the whole cheese world? Mm. Um, gosh, May, I, Molly, feel free. I mean, there's. I feel like there's so many. I it, I don't know if I could. I I mean, certainly losing for smaller makers. Actually, I don't know if this is true for just smaller makers. Um, but mm-hmm. losing their food service um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is yeah. just absolutely horrible. The other mm-hmm. thing that's happened is that there have been people that have had to go, you know, either lay people off or mm-hmm. um, stop yeah. making cheese mm-hmm. for yeah. either, you know, forever or for a while. I, who knows? And mm-hmm. I think um, I, I don't, I, I mean, it's, there's, you know, talking about individually, what everybody's emotional trauma is, is we can't even project on that, but right. in terms of the financial stress, I think, um, I think that's, that's just absolutely gut wrenching. And, yeah. And how crazy is it not knowing how long this will last? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was going to say is I think, you know, the biggest the thing like the industry is just the uncertainty of it all. Yeah. You know, I feel like, and cheese making are things that like rely on certainty <laughs> to right, be successful right. you know? and um so just sort of the all of the unknowns in the situation um you know I think the way that like shopping behaviors have shifted I mean the fact that yes food service obviously has been the biggest driver of you know the loss of business in the um, specialty cheese world but mm-hmm. when you you know look kind of beyond that and then you think about how shopping patterns have changed and mm-hmm. how um you know, I've talked to cheesemakers who aren't getting the promotions that they're, they're, they rely on annually, you know, with their big retail, you mm-hmm. know, retailers mm-hmm. um, to move the needle, um, you know, and I, we've talked about why that is. And it's because everybody's doing so much online ordering and, mm-hmm. you know, traditional retail promotions really rely on capturing people at the point of sale, you know, mm-hmm. in the store, mm-hmm. um, you know, there, you see that item on sale. And so you grab it and toss it into your cart. You don't, mm-hmm get that same experience on Instacart or Mm -hmm. Amazon Prime now or whatever. So, um, you know, I think that there's also drivers um, within the retail sector, you know, that are less visible Mm -hmm. um, and that are going to have a more long-term impact um, on people's annual sales. Um, And yeah, I think just the uncertainty Mm -hmm. bit is really hard to wrestle with. It's also, it's also um, a problematic that there are no ways for, uh, you know, we this as an industry, the food industry is reliant on on shows um, to mm. debut new products, to gain new customers, et cetera, um, by putting, you know, we have, we've heard this all, all of us many times that if you have a great cheese, the best way to get a sale is to put it in somebody's mouth. And mm-hmm. so when you're basically, there's no sampling at stores, there's no, right, um, right. there's no, Nobody's oh. going to the fancy food show and showing their new cool stuff or, you know, their new packaging or whatever. So how do you get the word out? Um, right. And that's, that is an industry that I don't know when that one's going to come back. Cause not many right. people are going to jump in planes and come over to the United States to jam into the, into the Javits. 
<laughs> right? In the in hundreds, in the thousands, excuse me. And then right and then in the near future. In the near future. One of the great positives in all of this, if I could just end like like that thought on a tiny note, is I have heard that there's been sort of a creative there's been sort of a lot of creative um creative explosion with people who have tons of milk what are they going to do with it a lot of new cheeses have been created so i don't know what those <laughs> where those are yet but i think that we might be seeing those when and if we do all come out of this whatever right it looks like, right we may have right. some really cool stuff to explore <laughs> and hopefully that, they'll be aged that does give me hope they, yeah. they might be aged yes, <laughs> yes or they're aged. definitely gonna have to age and they're probably gonna be very large format too, I would right. <laughs> right. That's a good, a good mm -hmm. point. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much, you guys, for joining me today and discussing this depressing and exciting topic of Victory Cheese. And um, I just want to thank you both. Thank you. Thank you. It's been great. Cheese. Cutting the Curd is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.